Greetings, Assalamu alaikum, welcome everyone. My name is Sakib, your host on the Hikma project. I pray you are well and I'm delighted to bring you another podcast, this time with one of my favorite authors and writers, uh, Michael Sujik or Sidi Harun. Before we delve into the podcast, just a few updates. Inshallah, we're looking to do some development around providing online courses and we are currently approaching nearly the end of level one Arabic and we hope to make this into a self-paced study course in which you can study at your own time in your at your own pace in your own time with online support uh, as well and we are then looking to also develop level two and then inshallah uh, level three and so we'll have a comprehensive course around learning classical Arabic through mystical texts and the Quran and Hadith. So your support is uh, very much welcomed and appreciated, whether it's as a paid member or indeed as um, a contribution to the development fund, which uh, you'll find details on the Hikma Project website. Uh, you can also email admin at thehikmaproject.com for further details if needed. And um, we are also running currently the second workshop by Jamila Davis on writing from the heart. And uh, Alhamdulillah, it's going very well. We hope to run that workshop again um, in the near future. So do join our social media or sign up as a free member to receive regular updates. So moving on to the podcast with Michael Sujik or Sidi Haroon, he embraced traditional Sufism in, in 1972. Uh, he's the author of Signs on the Horizons, Meeting with Men of Knowledge and Illumination. And he's been on the path for some 40 odd years. And um, he is a native of Santa Barbara, California, where he studied at the University of California. He then lived in Mecca, for some 22 years and currently resides in Istanbul. He's somebody I actually uh, contacted some years ago when I was seeking a path and he was a great support him. He has changed, I think, uh, inwardly since I last spoke to him some years ago. And so that was reflected in the podcast. I, I actually don't ask him many questions uh, because a lot of what needs to be said just simply flows from him or through him. He actually answers the questions without me asking them. And uh, his book, Science on the Horizons, is one of my favorite books because he talks about his encounter with 40 saints or awliya um, in the Islamic Sufi tradition, and some of whom are well known uh, figures, others who are actually not known or hidden and may not. I'm going to go by unnoticed by the average person but he has an encounter with them and then takes pictures and writes about them and it really gives hope for people seekers of truth who are looking for somebody authentic in our time uh, they are there um, and one just needs to pray and turn towards the divine for guidance and seek out uh, an authentic path and an opening. 
So, uh, without further ado, here's a podcast. Bismillah. All right. Assalamu alaikum, Sidi. Assalamu alaikum. So, I read your book, Signs on the Horizons, many years ago, and it really gave me a lot of inspiration and hope at yeah. that time. Hope that the Olia are present amongst us mm. and that they are not just people of the past. Right. And so what I wanted to ask on behalf of listeners who are seeking, where should they, how should they seek? What are the signs of an authentic teacher and an authentic path? Uh, yeah, um, well, first of all, th th thanks for, you know, asking, asking me to, to inviting me uh, to your podcast. Uh, and also for your interest in 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 the book and in in the path, um, uh, the, the the signs on the horizons came out. It was basically something I wrote um, for my children uh, because I thought, well, I forget. I'll start forgetting these incidents and events that had a, a great impact on me. Um, and also, I, mean, I had really no idea uh, how it would be received uh, <clears throat> by a, a more general Muslim readership. And it's very gratifying always to to, to hear that people are, are are touched by the book in some way. Um, uh, the, the, the meeting these awliya for me was the most important probably single experience that I have I've I've had in my life, particularly in the beginning, because uh, a religion can become calcified and 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 uh, and uh, routine and and become a dogma rather than a, a a belief system that takes you on 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 a trajectory on a path, and if you have no if you have no role models, if you have no exemplars who can show you what a human being can be, um, then it's it you can you can lose your way very easily. Or you can give it up, uh, and so w I was very uh, powerfully impacted by this, and also my. Uh, my brothers and sisters who were with me at this at that time, and this was at a time when uh, uh, it was, these people were more more evident. Uh, they were more. They were. They, they. We were just lucky. I was lucky. This had nothing to do with my, some uh, grand desire that I had. Although I, I did. I did. Um, I did have a yearning for 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 something, but I kind of just stumbled into. I went with a group of people and was confronted by people, men, mostly men, in fact, all only men who were um, incredibly radiant beings and people who were pure in a way that I'd never seen anything like that before. And um, I mean, it it took me. Really, literally, decades to to sort of to process uh, 
the, those encounters because um, you you don't really know what it is about them other than their the radiance or their their beauty or their the, the but eventually what becomes clear when you spend time with people of of attainment on in in in, uh, in, in on the spiritual path in of Islam is that they're they're um, uh, Ego is extinguished. It's it's gone. They don't have they an ego in the way that we most of us have egos. They, you know, we have moods and we're up one day and down the next day. And it's that they they have they they are up and down. They're because they're human, so they have expansions and contractions. But the the lower self is just not there. So one of the things that you see with these people is that they never get angry in the way that we mean. I mean, they, they can be very stern or, or, or even harsh in, in a certain way, but it's, it's a harshness that's infused with, with uh, you could say, love. Um, and it's for the sake of other people. They live for the sake of other people. And... Um, so that had a, a huge impact on me, and uh, but I think that we can get away from the the fact that these people uh, that we're talking about, the people of Tasawuf, are people who um, uh, are profoundly attached to the practice of Islam. They they, they don't deviate in any way at all from from the uh, uh, from from the practice and be belief and the understanding of Islam they're orthodox people and this is one of the things that is very confusing to, to Muslims today and also foreigners or Westerners because Sufism is separated as a, an orientation or as a as you were a heresy, even you know, among some of the the uh, the, the Salafi uh, reformists, uh, and there's a there's a, a reason for that. And one of the things that we um, that Peter Sanders and I, uh, one of the projects that we completed uh, in 2022, was the publication of nine books uh, called Exemplars for Our Time. And this um, this set, I'll show you in case your listeners or or um, viewers have not seen it. But this set, this I, I think it's 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 pricey. It had to be just the nature of what we had to do. This was done with funding from the John Templeton Foundation. It's nine books, um, uh, and one of the nine books is um, is an introduction to this whole the whole the the the, um, the whole um, phenomenon of having a spiritual master. This book, and I, have, you, have you have you read these books? I haven't read them. I've I've seen them. Yeah, this is a, this is this is a very important. I would encourage anyone that can afford it 
to to get a set of these these books because first of all they're unique. They will never be. We're not doing a reprint of the books. It's a it's a limited edition. But this particular book, the introduction, is basically a handbook for how how to to identify uh, a, a spiritual guide and what to look for and what to avoid and that sort of thing. And it and also it explains um, as in as simply simple way as possible. Um, uh, well, what, what a a, a, um, a a saint in in Islam, uh, what what constitutes sainthood in Islam, uh, and, the, and uh, we talk about you know the the spiritual states of fana and al baka, or the two the two sort of ultimate spiritual states. But what's very interesting, um, <clears throat> let me see if I can find this. this is, uh, yeah, um, Ibn Ajiba, if you don't mind, I'll read this because this explains who these people are. Ibn Ajiba wrote that when the people of the spiritual path of Islam speak of effacement, or fana, or extinction, they are referring to effacement in the divine essence, meaning the effacement of traces and forms in the consciousness of God, or the dissolution of the physical before the manifestations of the intelligible. To quote Abu Mawahib, Fana is effacement, disappearance, leaving yourself behind. Coming, ceasing to exist as an individual entity. And Abu Sa'id ibn al-Arabi said, it is when the immensity and greatness of God appear to the servant, causing him to forget this world and the next, states, degrees, stations, and invocations, effacing him from everything, from his own mind and individual self, and effacing him from this effacement, and effacing him from his effacement from effacement, as he is immersed in the divine immensity. This is to say that the majesty of the essence is revealed and effaces him from seeing created things, including his own self. Thus he becomes essence itself drowned in the ocean of unity. They also speak of fana in respect to effacement in God's acts, that there is no doer except God and God's attributes. There is no other one who is able, no hearer, and no seer except God. Whoever is granted this effacement sees creatures themselves as being lifeless, powerless, unable to hear or see except by God. Then comes effacement in the essence, or as the poet has said, he is effaced, the effaced, and his effacement becomes his very subsistence. So al-Baqa, which is a, a station beyond this, is, is translated as subsistence. So Ibn Ajiba continued as uh, he describing subsistence, and this is a return to consciousness of existent things after having passed away from it 
to consciousness of the sensory, al-his, after having passed away from it in consciousness of the intelligible, except that the servant then sees it as subsisting through God and as one of the lights of his epiphanies, were it not for the sensory, the intelligible could not be manifested. Or to paraphrase Ibn Mashish, were it not for the mediator, al-wasitatu, the one who, whom for whom he mediates could not be known. You follow? God Most High thus reveals himself between two opposites, between the sensory and the intelligible, between power and wisdom, qudra wal hikmah, separation and union, farq wa jama. To be absented from one of these is effacement, while to see them both is subsistence. To be absent from the sensory, from divine wisdom, and from separation is effacement, but to perceive them both is subsistence. In other words, subsistence is basically some that the 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 one who has has been uh, extinguished his his identity, he comes back into the world of multiplicity, but sees it as a manifestation of Allah's. Uh, attributes and names, and he he was he's not in his not mentally or he 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 experiences that. Um, uh, so subsistence, therefore, encompasses effacement. For one who is granted this station, union does not fail separation. Effacement does not fail subsistence, and the conscious consciousness of divine power does not veil the consciousness of divine wisdom. Rather, he gives to each that has a right, its right. Gives to each what is merited. And uh, Sidi Muhammad ibn Habib, who is profiled in the series that we published, referred to his own direct experience of effacement and subsistence in an ode from his Diwan. I had an illusion and when it departed, my heart looked out upon a light from eternity. Then it mounted upon its yearning and flew forth to be near to the one it loves until it arrived. And he goes on. Now, for the uninitiated or the novice, these supreme spiritual experiences that define sainthood in Islam may seem incomprehensible and impossible to discern in a friend of God, in a wali, in the saint. This quandary was expressed by the 13th century Andalusian saint, Abul Abbas al-Morsi, who said, it is more difficult to recognize the friend of God than it is to recognize God himself. For after all, God is recognized by virtue of his perfection and beauty. By contrast, how long will it take you to come to know another creature like yourself who eats as you eat and drinks as you drink? It would seem that this puts the seeker at a distinct disadvantage. How can an ordinary person who aspires to a spiritual path recognize a saint or authentic spiritual guide? In his final statement on effacement and subsistence, Ibn Ajiba provides a clue. And this is the key statement, really. The terms of effacement, fana, 
and subsistence, baka, are also used to mean the process of emptying and beautifying, tahliya wa tahliya. And so they may say he was effaced of his reprehensible traits and sustained in his praiseworthy traits. And God Most High knows better. The above passage mirrors that of the 10th and 11th century Khorasani sage, Imam al-Kusheri, who wrote that effacement refers to the disappearance of blameworthy qualities, while subsistence refers to the persistence of praiseworthy qualities. It is the disappearance of blameworthy qualities and the persistence of praiseworthy qualities, what we call luminous virtues, that define a living saint in this world and may allow us to recognize one without necessarily understanding his or her inward attainments. The illuminated men and women who have reached the goal of ma'arifa are transformed. They personify the beautiful qualities of character we associate with saintliness. They are and have always been the reference points for ordinary Muslims around the world, the exemplars. So this this is this is uh, you, you have to now. Signs on the Horizons is a series of stories that uh, that were recalled. Uh, incidents when I was very young, but, uh, much younger than now, and very ignorant of, of, of all of this. So, I mean, I, I uh, became a Muslim. I entered Islam on kind of an intuition. I, I understood, and this is something that I retell in Signs of the uh, Heart's Turn. In Heart's Turn, um, I, I was a, I was in the theater. I was an actor, and I understood the concept of vicar, of repetition, repeating words, names. This is something any actor who you know, who, who's rehearsed, and uh, I, it's probably it's people who do television may not experience this, but. But um, a theater actor would definitely know this thing of of, of um, repeating something over and over and over again until it just becomes part of you. And I understand, and that's what drew me into Islam, is that understanding that the centrality of, of, of remembrance of invocation of Nicarallah. And uh, I otherwise I knew nothing. I mean, I really knew absolutely nothing when I entered Islam. Uh, and it took me years, and um, you know, I think I had a very good experience in terms of vicar and, and, and community. I mean, I, my closest friends were people I've known for the last 50 years from this transitional time when we all entered Islam from various um, directions uh, and various countries. Um, but... Um, I, I think we were deficient in really this kind of theoretical or, or theological understanding of, um, for example, the Akita, the creed. We, we didn't learn these things uh, as, a, as a community, which we should have. I mean, maybe individually people studied Hadith. I read the Hadith in translation and that sort of thing. So anyway... Um, 
this this is you know one aspect of this of, of this problem I mean, we have now young people who are really um, confused they don't know where to turn to and they're looking to people and one of the things I have, I was having a conversation with uh, Dr. Mustafa Badoui, who's a, a, a great translator. He's also a psychiatrist, and he's also a, a great man of God. And he he said to me, uh, "You have to remember that this is not about people. This is a, this whole affair is about God guiding you to Himself." So the, the attributes of a, of a teaching sheikh are um, the attributes of someone who gets out of the way. They're not be, between you and God. They're not intermediaries. They don't do anything. They guide you. That's that's their murshid. You know, they they they're guides, and uh, they because they know the dangers and and the difficulties and so on. And they they help you, but it's not about them. And any anyone who who makes the this the, the, the teaching about them, uh, I my advice was, uh, you know, take the nearest exit, get away from them. It's it's it, because it's not about a, and it's not about personalities. Many of these people are so understated, you know, as to be invisible, and you know, and and. One of my great teachers who passed away uh, recently, uh, Muli Hashem Balghiti, uh, he, um, uh, he, he was presiding over a, um, a Maulid, I think, in Morocco, and some young women from, probably from England, I, uh, I think, um, although I'm not sure, um, they came specifically to sit in the company of Muli Hashem, you know, as women. He uh, he allowed women in, you know, to sit in his presence, which was a big step for him. And it, it's something I, I had to go to him and say, look, I have a problem because the, most of the, the seekers that are really serious are, are actually, to be honest, women about men and uh he said they can come and they can be you know they can come and, and visit so um they were they came to this to this maoli and uh, a friend a dear friend of mine from marrakesh um told me this he said and he, he went to them and said did you see willie hashem they said no we were so sad he wasn't there someone else was some other shape was there and they were disappointed. So as people do, someone had, had uh, taken a, a, a telephone video of, uh, of the, the Maori and the, the phone, you know, the picture was panning across the, the, uh, the, the gathering. And my friend said to the young, young women, he said, no, 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 he, there he is. He's, he was there and he pointed him out and they burst into tears, the two women, because they said he was the one that was serving us tea the whole night and asking if we were all right and comfortable. And you know, that's who these people are. They're 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 almost invisible. You know, there many of them. I mean, there are people like a Sagaf. Uh, Abdul Qadir Sagaf was 
a genuinely majestic figure. Um, it was a larger than life. And there are some people, and each one, because they're human, they have different qualities, but they don't, they're not uh, show-offs show or show, you know, the, you know they're they're not they're not fancy and showing off and they don't behave like kings they behave like servants more than than that they habib ahmed mashur haddad who was really one of the great of his time um when i would come in and i was nobody really honestly no no uh, nobody i would walk in he would stand and, and he would say harun salamu alaykum allah allah allah, allah. You know, I mean, which is, he had so he was completely humble, and all these people are like that. So that's something you look for in in, in the people, and you want to emulate them. Um, there's a a, a a story that's related in one of the books, um, uh, or not a story, an anecdote of, a, of one of the Aulia who had a, a dream of Rasulullah. And he asked, he said, Ya Rasulullah, what is the best thing one can do in this world? And in the dream, the Prophet said, to sit with a wali Allah for as long as it takes to milk a goat or cook an egg. And this is very, very profound because sitting with these people, just looking and watching them, you know, observing them, how do they behave? They have beautiful adab. They have beautiful behavior. Um, I'm from the United States. Uh, we were not raised with even an understanding of adab. That wasn't part of our 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 world. No, nobody understood. In Europe, there's a certain you know sort of among the maybe the aristocracy. There's certain formalities and. And courtesies and so on, but uh, in in the U.S., it's just not part of the culture. And this is so profound. This is so deep. So anyway, Signs on the Horizons was written uh, from the point of view of someone who really know you know knew almost nothing about the spiritual path. And the, each of these encounters taught me something. Uh, so they were they were very important, um, and uh, uh, the subsequent books are, are more they're possibly more sophisticated a little bit. And I think that that's maybe one of the reasons why the book has uh, has some uh, has, has had so much traction among the young people. Although I've I found that the second books, uh, the Harp's Turn, is is uh, probably as 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 powerful for many young people because it's, it's it addresses the you know the real problem of living in the world as it is and how you actually realize your your Islam and so on, but. Uh, I do. I think if you if you read Signs on the Horizons, it's not. Um, it's not the. It it doesn't give you uh, uh, that much information as to how you find a, a teacher or a mentor. 
and this book I think is very important. Um, it's called, the, the title is The Luminous Virtues of the Living Sage or the Sages of Islam, which is a little bit long and highfalutin. But um, anyway, so that's that's something to you know to think about. Um, yeah. So ask me something else. Yes. Siddhi, so I wanted to ask, just pick up on something you said by Dr. Mustafa Badwi mm. about the beautiful insight that this isn't about men as such or personalities. This is ultimately about the divine calling or bringing souls or seekers to him. Mm. And as a seeker of truth myself, and I know we've had lots of conversations in 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 uh, some of the dilemmas I faced in finding a path and finding a teacher. One thing I wanted to ask is: it seems like, uh, and this is just from the surface, so it might not be the reality of the situation, mm -hmm. but it seems like there were a certain caliber of shuyukh, uh around, say, thirty years ago. And to give you examples, um, Sheikh uh, Suleiman Dede in Turkey, Martin Lynx, Abu Bakr Sirajuddin, uh, there was Hazrat um, Azad Rasul in India, the great Naqshbandi Sheikh. There was a certain caliber who, of Shuyukh who were in the late 80s, um, mm -hmm. around that time, who obviously grew up in a different era when electricity might not be around and you know before the war and that sort of thing. And um, I, I've, alhamdulillah, met a few of them. Um, and I'm just wondering, do you think the caliber, we still, those sorts of shuyukh or awliya are still accessible or available to us today? Well, um, they're, they're, this, this sort of brings up a, a, a number of issues. First of all, we're in a very dark period, a dark time, and um, I mean it's been like this. It's 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 become worse and worse. You know, this we're 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 we've been fed a complete lie by Western civilization that it's the lie of progress. Um, everyone has, and people are starting to see that it doesn't work. You know the, this progress. Of course, we we're, we're comfortable. We have more comforts uh, in generally speaking in 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 the, in the West uh, than than ever be, than anyone before. But there are also horrendous costs for all, all of the all of this comfort: environmental costs, psychological costs, all kinds of things like that. And it's it's very important to, to remember that uh, the Prophet said, have sabr, because you will not come to a time that isn't worse than the time before it until you meet your Lord. In other words, things are not getting better, which is what everyone's, that's why people are so screwed up. Mm. They're saying, oh, it's, it's getting better, but I'm, I'm miserable. Everything's off. I'm I'm unhappy, and so on. 
It's not getting better, it's getting worse. But I, I, I had a conversation, I, I told Hamza that I, Sheikh Hamza Yusuf, uh, I don't know, I was traveling somewhere and he called me up and he was going on and saying, you know, uh, the world is really, really, it's just terrible and it's, it's like going to hell and I don't, you know. And he kept going on for a bit and then he stopped for a minute and he said, but I'm doing okay. And I said, me too. Everybody I know is doing okay. Everybody I know, and we want to do okay. You don't want to be disturbed. You don't want to be, I mean, the, the Dr. Mustafa Al-Madoui has just published a, 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 a compilation of selected letters from Imam Abdullah al-Haddad, who wrote in the 18th century. And... Uh, he talk, talks a lot about the, the terrible rulers and the 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 the, the uh, upheavals and distress, and and he's always trying to find ways to help people avoid those distresses. You know, you don't. And one of the problems today is uh, everybody's looking at, at at the news all the time, and the news blood leads in the news. You know, it's 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 known. You know, good news is no news. You know, it's it's people watch and they watch these things and they become disturbed and angry and upset, and it's sick and you can't you can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. And the Prophet said, "When the great fitna comes, don't look at it, or you'll be consumed by it. Don't look at it." And the shiuk that I know. All say stop watching the news. Hmm. I mean, you the news is you need to know something that's going. On. I mean, you need to know that you know that the airports are running and that you know that there, if there is violence to you know to avoid it, hmm. but not watching news twenty four hours a day. You know, looking at 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 at. at, at uh, Violence and, and you know human suffering and you it does you can't you're not helping by looking at these things you're making yourself sick hmm. and and the, the and the, the other the other fantasy that people have been fed is that that you're you're supposed to make your the world is supposed to be great. And amazing. No, it's we're living in in a, in a world of tribulation. Life is that way until you die, and then, you know, uh, in the I mean, uh, the 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 the, the, the is better than than now, you know, for the believer. And so, you know, these are things that that we have to we have to absorb, take this in. And change our orientation, and then before we start setting out on a spiritual path. And the other thing that Imam Al Hadi in the 18th century, see if I can find this because this is very, very important. Um, yes, Imam Al Haddad in the 18th century, uh, he 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 wrote he he wrote to his disciples. He said, "Never think you are on the path of the elect. For rare are those who request it with sincerity. We are on the general path of the companions of the right hand, 
Retreats and asceticism are inappropriate in this age that lacks the specific conditions such as licit provision and other things. Those who base their affair on maintaining their obligatory acts of worship, avoiding prohibited things, performing what supererogatory acts they can, enjoining good and forbidding evil, assisting the weak, helping the needy, or taking charge of his expenses and other similar things, and firmly keep to this, may yet obtain that which earlier people had obtained through their asceticism and retreats. In these times, perform the good works that are not too strenuous for you and in which you are able to persevere. For a little that is constant is better than much that is interrupted. Give thanks for the little granted you, and God will give you more. Okay, now this this was this was he's made these statements in the 18th century, hundreds of years ago. Think about that then, and this was in the Hadramot. This was in a you know in, in a in a in, in Tarim in, in in this very pure place. Imagine what it's like now. Now it's uh, would would have been inconceivable to the people at the time what we go through mm. now. So so you know, many young people when they start off on the path, they start reading translations of books or in the original, you know, the, the ancient books that are to talking about these extreme uh, ex expectations. Even Imam Al Haddad, if you read some of his writings. He's really, you know, very, very stern about, you know, being lazy and and, and so so he wasn't he wasn't saying you can you can skive off and do nothing, uh, and still get away with everything. But you but we are not able to do what the early people did, and these and and one of the, one of the signs of someone who is. I believe uh, um, uh, someone that you, you, you have to sort of be careful of is someone who, who prescribes these intense uh, um, practices, like halwa, for example. Uh, you, it's very rare that you find people prescribing that now, whereas in the past it was, it was a, a, a very important part of the path. But people can't do it now. Um, just you know, the, having a having a family nowadays is 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 full time. It's very very difficult. Uh, one of our friends, very great person, when he was young, he was full of himma, and he went to Habib Ahmed Mashur Al Haddad, who was our sheikh, and he asked for. Um, what what, the, what would be called on the spiritual path of they would ask for tarbia um, and what tarbia is generally you know translated as education or training of some sort but what the, what the, he referred to is he when the sheikh takes an, a, a follower a disciple and takes them all the way to the end of the path where they're going. And the goal is, is having this, this fana, okay? Um, and so he went to Habib Ahmed 
and said, I, 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 please take me on the, on, take me, you take me on the path. And Habib Ahmed said, don't ask for that. And he said, no, I'm begging you to take me. He was full of him. And he kept at Habib, and he kept asking him and asking him. Finally, Habib Ahmed said, okay, go to your wife, divorce her, uh, say goodbye to your children, uh, settle your affairs, and come back to me and we can start. And he said, I, I, I can't do that. And he, then Habib said, then don't ask for it. Because what I just described to you, where you leave yourself behind, you know, this is what this is what these these, these people they they take a path and they make the ultimate sacrifice. They sacrifice themselves. It's the statement of die before you die. They die. They're so they don't know who they are. They are they go through through um, a, a period, and uh, this is described in in by um, uh, in in the books in in the great books of of Tisawuf, these experiences, and and they are they are uni uniformly the, the similar experiences from Indonesia to Morocco. Uh, the, the people of, of the path who have spiritual attainments, their descriptions are identical. You know, there's no, it isn't like there's, a, there's an ethnic difference or there's some sort of regional difference in spiritual experience. They all experience the same, the same, uh, uh, I mean, it's all, it's their experience and they don't talk about these things. But uh, some of the awliya, like Ibn Ajib, they have the license or the permission to write about these 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 very very exalted experiences. But in order to pass through these experiences, you you have to leave yourself behind, and most of us can't do that. We're so tied into the world, uh, and um, and. It, this, this is also from Allah, and you cannot also induce uh, spiritual knowledge. You can't make it happen, you know. I mean, and that's why it's dangerous if someone is, is giving very intense spiritual practices, it may be for the wrong reason. Uh, like, in other words, to try to break open something and have an, give someone an experience by just doing something so intense that something happens and it can it can be very deceptive because maybe it's not real you know mm. so anyway it's just it's it's a big subject and it's it's a subject that really takes it, it takes a whole your a lifetime to to mm. uh, and that's the other thing and i i mentioned this in some of the things that i've written is that young people want you know instant gratification you know instant instant uh, nirvana instant you know they want everything to happen very quickly and it doesn't doesn't work that way and even in the in the in the the earlier people they would have um uh if you read some of the ancient texts you know like the and so on um these people they talk about 
praying for 50 years, you know, or 40 years. That's it's a figure. It's a lifetime of, of, of discipline and self, self-denial and so on. And uh, we, we, we have to just take things easily, uh, bit by bit. If you put too much on a, the, the, the nafs is like a donkey. This ego mm-hmm. is like a donkey. If you, if you overload the donkey, the donkey will just throw off the load. Uh, and that's what happens if we overdo these kinds of things. And this is why you need um, uh, a teacher if you're, if you're, you know, if you're setting off on on a, on a kind of spiritual path. But it's very important to to keep in mind what uh, Imam Al Haddad said: never think that you are among the elect. You know, we're just ordinary Muslims who are trying to to please the, uh, Allah and are grateful for whatever we can get. So someone uh, asked one of the, and this is uh, in Signs on the Horizons, one of the awliya um, asked, what happens if you do thicker and it doesn't reach the heart? It just uh, You just keep doing it and it's like a routine. And uh, he said, keep doing it, because sometimes the zikr doesn't take effect until five minutes before you die, you know, but what a way to go, you know, mm-hmm. so it's, 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 this, it's not, it's not to make yourself feel better, it's because you want to please Allah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other thing that Sheikh Darkali wrote which is really an incredible statement. He said, I am astonished that that people talk about distance because there is only proximity. Allah is closer to you than your jugular vein. You know, in other words, you don't have to go outside of yourself to ask, you know, to ask, uh, to, to get an answer from Allah, to speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Hmm. You, 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 Allah is present and Allah is the doer. Allah, everything is from Allah, everything. Hmm. Every, every breath we take, uh, our money and everything. Uh, one of our friends um, told us a story of Sheikh Ibn Habib when he he was with his one of his companions, he was they, the, he was in a bus that broke down in the middle of nowhere, and the um, driver was out in front looking at the engine, trying to figure out what's wrong, and all the passengers were out. Uh, got up to join the other passengers. He said, "I'm going to sit down." He said, "They think this bus runs by internal combustion." And then he described the internal combustion process. He said, no, this bus runs by the qadr of Allah, by the mm-hmm. power of Allah. These people see that everything is from Allah. The, the machinery, computers, everything is from Allah. But if we forget that, then we, we, we're in, the, in, this, in a condition of like shirk, of hidden shirk. Mm-hmm. It's like when you see, you know, if you say the medicine cured me, no, Allah cured you. The medicine is a secondary, is a means by which Allah cured you. Because, and in any case, 
it's like that and it's it's coming to these understandings and and it, before you even set out on a path you have to have a, a basic understanding of the sharia if you don't have that then it doesn't matter that you're all connected up to some some sufi order or some sheikh or anything you, you there's the the ultimate expression of 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 Praise and thanks to Allah is is, is salat, hmm. and you know uh, Ibn Taylor al-Skandari warns us not to prefer uh, the nawafil over the farid. In other words, the, doing the hour. Then this can happen to us. You know, we get very excited about doing that, and we just go. We 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 don't do the prayer properly or we're thinking about something else we're just running through it as a routine but this is the uh, the essence of 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 uh, of everything of, of our existence is is our it's the essence of our faith it's the salat and the remembrance within the salat and all the other practices the dhikr are supposed to be helping us fully realize that you know hmm. um, so you, this is this is it's it's a very rich subject hmm. but um, i i would really i think this this book is very helpful and can, we, we spend a lot of time going through the, the doctrine and it also talks about women the place of women in in as among saints we you know we get uh, peter sanders and i get hammered by women for not having you know women aulia but of course we're we don't we're not permitted into their company you know by uh, by the conventions of the time muslim conventions and propriety so we we can't and it's very hard to find these it's hard to find any aulia Hmm. Yeah. See, uh, often on the path, there's um, you mentioned about sitting in the proximity of the olia, mm. and um, I'm asking this question on behalf of young people who are seeking, and sometimes they don't know what they're seeking, and they have yeah. some vague idea of Sufism, and yeah. intuitively feel called to something, but are not sure. Yeah. And sometimes it's even daunting to join a tariqa, uh, you know, and and to to indulge in in the practices uh, if they don't um, sort of have that basic um, understanding. But also, they on the other hand they have a yearning in their heart; something is calling them. So often, one of the things I wanted to ask is that sitting in the presence of Olia, there's often uh, a description of receiving a transmission from the order of the lineage yeah. and there's often the Sufis also talk about having an opening and sometimes people spend years on the path and don't receive an opening uh, right. and sometimes uh, they do end up so it's very in, very mysterious so just for my listeners our listeners who are relatively new to Sufism what what does this mean to, to have a transmission from the saint of the lineage 
and and to receive an opening well this is uh, it's, it's i think people are putting the cart before the horse mm. in, in a way i mean you, the, there's there's uh there tends to be too much emphasis on turuk on uh, sufi or I mean, tarika is basically um as, uh, the legacy of a living teaching sheikh in other words a sheikh murabbi someone who who can take someone on, on the spiritual path who has the authority to do that i mean there are people who are who are awliya who are friends of allah and even our close companions are there are the people i i know that have they have something they they, they don't have some kind of exalted spiritual permission to take people all the way on a path but they can they can help you i mean you can help someone who's just entering islam by teaching them wudu there's always something that you you know there's someone that and ibn atayullah he said do not keep company with anyone who doesn't raise your state now some people take that to mean like oh i can only be with people who know more than i am i have to you know keep away from people who don't know as much as i know and uh it's not like that it's it's that if you're helping someone that raises your state if you're if you're teaching someone how to do wudu if you're teaching someone some about how to fast or you know basics and uh that raises your state and it helps them. And what he's basically saying is don't be around people that waste your time. So this idea of sahaba is a very, very important part of, uh, of Sufism. But too, uh, I, I think too much is made of the, of the, the um, um, trappings of Sufism, of, you know, dressing up and, you know, the ceremonies and all of that it's it's these things are are and some of them have become um you could say ossified they become because really once in 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 the, in the traditional world you had to have someone who was alive a living sheikh once the sheikh has passed if his if he is not replaced by a, a, a teaching shit like a, someone who who has the knowledge to be able to guide people and has the permission from Allah and Rasulullah uh, then uh, it's you know there's no longer a tariqa you know it's just a, a set of ceremonies and uh, uh, invocations that that the sheikh you know put together so this is how these and um, you know so then what happens is that the the, um, the sufi order whatever you want to call it the, the brotherhood the group becomes either hereditary hereditary or electoral in other words this they elect someone who you know was maybe the strongest person but he may or may not be uh, you know uh, of the same this the same level of knowledge or he may not be com completed in some way but he's the strongest person or the one that they trust the most hmm. so uh, it's 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 like that and then the other thing is um people you know uh, i i asked sifu al hawari 
uh, who was the Khalifa of, of Sheikh Mohammed ibn al-Habib and was, was the one who was really appointed to lead the, that particular order. And he refused. He said, I, I can't do it. Because Ibn al-Habib had 70,000 followers uh, by the time he passed away. And Sifudul was a great scholar, a, a phenomenal person. But he said, I, you know, he lived in a small house in the wall of the Babush Lud. And he said, I am not going, he, he couldn't move to, to Meknes where the, the Zawiya was. He said, I, I just can't do it. So they didn't, they went without someone like a leader. And, and that's what happens with these, with these Turuk. Um, and there's nothing wrong with, you know, the, the sort of hereditary thing as, as long as, but it doesn't mean that, the, the, that it, it's, it ceases to become, to be about someone being taken to the, to the end of the path. It's something to keep people together. And and I, and I think there's a lot of emphasis now among the real authentic shuk is that people should just be together and uh, keep company uh, and, uh, and 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 do dhikr Allah and uh, and do awrad. The the most important practice, of course, in Kasawuf is to do the wird of, of a sheikh, which is an assembly of different Athkar and uh, Ayat of Quran and so on that's uh, assembled by the individual shayukh and um, if you, you know, just doing that with permission because the, the Arad are not supposed to be recited without, you know, without a permission. Um, but um, it's, I think, too much emphasis, you know, so anyway, so I asked, sorry, I, I lost my train of thought. I asked Sifudul, I said, well, how do you find the sheikh? And he said, it's impossible. That was his point of view. Uh, mm -hmm. He said, make the Sharia your sheikh. Mm -hmm. Now, uh, on the other hand, I also used to sit with Sheikh Abdul Qadir Isa, who was a wonderful, uh, one of the shiuk that came from uh, uh, Sheikh uh, Al-Hashimi, Muhammad Al-Hashimi from uh, Aleppo. And he he completely disagreed. Uh, let's see, see if I can find this. He 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 completely disagreed with that. You know, he said, "Don't let anyone tell you that the, you 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 know, you know you can't find a shade." Yeah, like uh, here here it is. And this another eminent teaching shade I used to sit with during the same period. The Syrian master Sheikh Abdul Qadir Isa uh, contested Sifudul's conclusion, saying that the seeker must search those in his land and ask around and investigate, looking with resoluteness and detail for a spiritual guide, paying no attention to the people who claim that there is not to be found any true spiritual guide in our age. So, uh, so if he is unable to find anyone in his own city, then he must look in other cities. Do you not see how the sick person travels to another city for treatment if he cannot find a specialist in his own town? 
or if the doctors in his locality are unable to determine his illness and prescribe a cure. Indeed, treating the ailments of the souls calls for doctors even more skilled than the doctors of bodies. So who is right? And what I say, and who is wrong? Malanas Rudin presides over the court as a judge. The plaintiff stands up and makes his case. The mullah says, you're right. The defendant protests and makes his defense. The mullah says to the defendant, you're right. Hmm. And a court <laughs> official says, Maulana, they can't both be right. And the mullah replies, you're right. <laughs> and such is the case with Sidi Fudul and Sheikh Abdul Qadir. They're both right. Sifudul's advice is absolutely on point because without adhering to the Sharia, we have no way of taking on or benefiting from a spiritual path in the first place, nor the guidance of a teaching sheikh, much less being able to recognize one. The Sharia is our foundation, our safe harbor, and our criterion for guidance. The Qadri master, Sheikh Muhammad Haidara al-Jilani, has said, Everything that contravenes the Sharia of God is rejected. And this is how you can tell, you can also discern, is, does the Sheikh follow the Sharia? If the Sheikh deviates for the, from the Sharia in one atom, walk away. Walk away. I mean, seriously, it's, it, 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 life is short. And these people do exist. Uh, they're not, it isn't that, that the quality is gone, it's that the pe people are not interested. They're too caught up with, with the world, you know. Mm. And it's something I've noticed about my, my generation. Um, I asked one of my daughters, I said, are you, do you worry about money? She said, of course, Baba. And she's really, is, has a very nice life and everything. I understand that, you know, there are stresses, and, but I was thinking about my own, when I was young, uh, I never worried about money. And so I started asking my, my uh, contemporaries, my peers, mm. and everyone that I talked to, talked to they, they said the same thing, that they never worried about money. Now people are, 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 twisted up in anxiety uh, and, and fear of poverty in a way that we, we weren't, even in my time. And of course, there are reasons that education is expensive, uh, you know, living is expensive, everything you, you can't have, a, you, you know, it's very difficult for a family to be, have one income anymore, you know, to be supported. So I understand that, but still Allah is the provider. And Allah mm. says this, we do not ask you for permission, for provision. We mm. are the provider. We, they, we, mm. Allah asks us to worship him and remember him. And, and uh, this is what we're expected to do. And we're, people are so distracted now. Mm. They're not interested. They're, and they're not interested in, and so, the people that are interested, they tend to go after these things kind of for the wrong reasons. It can happen anyway. They want they want to feel good about themselves or something, you know, which is not really, not really what, what it's about because the self is, 
is the enemy. You know, mm. it's very. If you read the writing, there's there's a marvelous book called Letters of on, on the Spiritual Path of mm. uh, Sheikh Mulian Arabi Dakawi. It's translated by uh, our dear friend uh, Abdurrahman Fitzgerald and Fuad Nadi. And it's a fantastic book because he's so down to earth. He mm. said it's very, very simple. The, the self, the ego is the enemy. Mm. The ego is your enemy. You've got to get rid of the ego. And the way you do that is by remembering the friend, remembering Allah, and stripping away, uh, like what he calls, what's called tajreed, get, getting rid of all the things that keep you from remembering Allah. And to the extent that you're attached to the world and your appetites and, and things and everything, is that to that extent you will be distanced from the reality and he said if you can just overcome that you will see wonders and he's just very simple you know and mm. uh and people you know they they don't like to hear these things because it requires a, a, a sacrifice and they want people want to feel good about themselves they want to have spiritual experiences they want to be able to talk to people about them none of this is you know that you're not supposed to do any of that mm. it's because you want to get rid of the self and uh, but by the same token the real an authentic shake what they do if for a novice for example and this came from Moli Hashim he said the for the novice is like a baby mm. when you're starting out the sheikh, it doesn't do anything. They just protect you. They tell you, you know, like if you say, I want to do Ismail, you know, Ismail Azam, you know, with this uh, name of Allah, this, they won't let you do it. And, you know, they, because you won't, you won't get it, you won't benefit from it. It will imbalance you, things like that. And they protect you like, like you would protect a baby, you know, for, or a toddler from walking out in the middle of the, the street. So um, that's that. It's it's it isn't there isn't some sort of and and I think there's too much too much um, uh, emphasis and too too much on 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 the, the on, on miraculous things you mm. know on things on op on openings you know having a, if you mm. have an opening. This is wonderful. It's a gift. But what the Shiyuk say is, if this happens, forget about it. Just keep going. The opening is to help you. You know, is to is to keep you on the path. Even, even you know, because the path is infinite. You know, and this is why you know the book Heart's Turn is really it's about Tauba. Um, Tauba is something that is, is mandatory on every human being, mm. whether they're sinners or, or awliya, you know. The awliya have to do Tauba. The Prophet, wasalam, he, he said, I do Tauba 70 times a day. What mm -hmm. is he doing Tauba from? Like, he, he, he didn't sin, 
But for for a saint, for example, uh, a sin is to forget Allah for a second. You know, I mean, if you can even conceive of remembering Allah through, you know, all the nanoseconds of your life. So there's always, and, and it's a process, it's a dynamic process. And that's where, you know, being in good company. And I think this is very, very important. This is one of the ways that you can discern that somebody has something that you can benefit from it. But taking what Dr. Mustafa al-Badawi said, the statement about uh, it's not about people, he said also Allah sometimes guides you to people who uh, disappoint you, you know, who are not who you think they are, in order to teach you something. Uh, I know people who've been in situations like that, and it's part of the path, you know, it's people of false claims, and uh, and or people who think that they're something and they're not, you know, they actually honestly think that they have something and they don't, but it's to teach you something because Allah is the guide. So you know, the, there's a there's a, a dua that you can that you can uh, you can use. Allah guide me to the one who can guide me to you. Hmm. You know. So if you if you want to find someone um, uh, and make sure that they they have uh, the correct aqidah that their understanding is of of the of the divinity is correct, hmm. and and that they follow the Sharia. Uh, if they if they deviate from any of those things, leave them. Hmm. You know. No, and this, you know, this is, you have people who are esotericists, you know, who are, mm. you know, and if, if they're not practicing Islam, if they're not following Sharia, then leave them. They, they can't help you. They, they'll mis lead you astray, even if they're amazing people. I mean, this is the, some of the most, uh, some of the greatest awliya are people that you would, you would, pass by, you, you wouldn't even notice them. Mm -hmm. Actually, there's one of the uh, wonderful anecdotes in the book is, um, uh, yeah, it was um, Ibn Arabi who writes about this man. He said that uh, this sheikh was one of the four autad supports through whom God preserves the world. He was a very elevated sheikh. He had asked God to remove his good repute from the hearts of the world. When he was absent, he wasn't missed. And when he was present, no one sought his advice. When he arrived in a place, he was accorded no welcome. And in conversation, he was passed over and ignored. If he spoke, he appeared foolish. When he sat down, others began to get up and leave. And when he was present in a company, the others found his presence tiresome. This state of affairs was pleasing to him. You know, this is and this is this is one of the greatest awliya, uh, you know, uh, on earth at the time. And you know, so and so it's not that these people are not there; it's that they're not. Nobody's nobody's interested, or they're interested for the wrong reason. They go, 
they go for someone who's on YouTube, you know, or something, you know, which is it has absolutely no relevance to anything, you know. I mean, it's nice. It's nice if it's nice, but it's not. That's not how you find someone. And it's not like going down a, you know, like a supermarket and you going down the aisle and say, well, I think I'll have one of these shoes. Let me try him out and let's try this. It doesn't work that way. The connection with the sheikh is something that's, that's maktub. It's, it's, it's written. And, uh, and that's in, I mentioned this in Signs on the Horizons. Um, uh, uh, this 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 is something that you uh, it's 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 written, and you're in the encounters you have with people are written, and uh, that's the other thing that people don't trust the they don't trust their intuitions enough. Hmm. And this is something, you know, Allah has given you a heart and 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 it's given you insights various degrees. I mean, some people have very profound insight and some people don't, but you have something. Uh, and a lot of people ignore the, the ignore what their immediate um, uh, their immediate reaction to someone, you know. You, you, and and the, uh, they say, well, no, he must be a sheikh because everybody else says he's a sheikh or something. Mm. That isn't, it's it, because also it's what, like Sheikh Abdul Qadir Isa used to say to me every time I would come and sit with him, he said, Harun, you need to have a, a living sheikh. He never once said, Harun, I'm your sheikh. And he wasn't. I just didn't, I wasn't connected to him. Mean, I had great, uh, res deep respect for him. He was, it was incredible. Mm. Uh, Jake, it was, but he wasn't my shake. I, I just, we weren't connected, and and I could tell from the way that we were together. He was always very nice to me, but he was he was distant, mm. and it was and uh, instead I connected with uh, Habib Ahmed and Sayyid Omar Abdullah. They were my teachers, you know, and I had. A, so this is the, the other thing that happens. I mean, there's a saying that's attributed in Arabic, uh, and I don't know where it's from, but um, it, it, it makes a lot of sense. He said that your sheikh is not the one who comes to you with miracles and illuminations. Your sheikh is the one who can give you what you need. Hmm. And and so it's different from, from, you know, there was one guy who was claiming to be a sheikh or something, and he uh, he talk, he was talking about Muli Hashim, I think. He said, oh, he doesn't have many followers. <laughs> he, he, he could care less with it because there are some Shiyu have maybe have one follower. Muli Abdul Salam Ibn Mashish had one follower, Imam Shazali, you know, who was one who had ultimately millions of followers but he had one follower it doesn't matter if the sheikh has one or six million followers it really it depends on their their role and their capacity and so on and people are looking at all the wrong things you know the what they look like their you know their the way they dress all that this is nothing to, it's neither here nor there it's something that you recognize in the heart and they recognize you 
And, you know, there's a lot of, you know, there are stories about how much you have to love the shake and all that kind of thing. Mm. Well, it's easy. They make it easy because they love you first. They mm. love you first and they open your heart and then you love them because just being with them, you just fall in love with them. And it's a human thing. It's not, it's not some sort of transcendental thing. I mean, there is a transcendent aspect with it, just as there is to human love, you know, where you, but they're human beings. So you, it's, you know, why, why did people follow the Prophet they follow him because of some doctrine or something like that. No, they followed him because of who he was, humanly. He was just mm. um, uh, the the best human being you could possibly meet on on uh, on earth uh, on in on any any level. And people saw him according to their 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 their. Um, insight and their their depth they saw him in different ways and this is this is what happens with these so on a human level these people they they you fall in love with them and that's and that's what accelerates the path also is that it's a very human thing it's it's like the people that i have known for 50 years that i started with i love them i love them in, in in many ways more than my own fa immediate family i mean or as much as my immediate family they're they're you know we call as muslims we call each other brother and sister right mm -hmm. that, that's that's a that's a real thing you know spiritually we're brother it's, it's not a it's not a formality or you know some sort of ceremonial thing you're you're we're brothers and sisters and you know, one of one of one of my favorite people uh, passed away this last year. Uh, Malika Moore, who was the widow of uh, the poet Daniel Daniel Abdelhai Moore, mm. and Malika and I started together. And she was like my sister. She was I I, I loved her, you know. I mean, I really really loved her, and um, you know, just you know, just. We're lucky to have that, you know. We have our extended families, our immediate families. But we also have a spiritual family, and these are people that you know your entire life, or for the time that you you've known them. Like um, my neighbor and my dear dear friend who passed away at the end of twenty twenty two, Shams Friedlander. He was he was my brother, you know. I mean, he was. Uh, we, 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 you, you, I was as close to him as anyone, mm. and uh, we knew knew each other for forty years. So I mean, this is these are the things that you, the, 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 these are the benefits of the path, and and all the other things of openings and spiritual experiences and that sort of thing. The, these take care of themselves, and once if they happen. What you find out is you really you don't want to talk about it mm. because if you talk about these things, you kind of lose them. And if you talk about them, why are you doing it? Are you doing it to show off? Are you doing it to show people that you had a, you're part of the club or something? It's not about that, but it's part of you know it's 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 a path. One of our dear friends 
we were with uh, Muli Hashim Palagiti, and he said, "What accelerates the path? Well, how do you how do you speed things up?" And he said, "One word." He said, "Love." It's it's about it's 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 love, and how well it's loving the, your sheikh, but it's also loving the people around you, and looking and having good thoughts and and you know, Hamza Yusuf told Sheikh Hamza is a remarkable man. I mean, he he gets, he's always in some sort of controversy or something, but he really is an incredibly grounded person uh and i think he's sometimes misunderstood but anyway he he told me that when he was young he was uh, in a circle of uh, of students like probably in morocco i i don't know exactly where it was and he was very very young and the, the sheikh was asking each of the, the students what he want what they wanted and uh, Sheikh Hamza told me he was he didn't know what to say. You know, he was kind of saying what well, he wanted to say the right thing. And he, uh, when it came to his turn, he blurted out he wanted husnul khatim. And the Sheikh said, "Nam, yeah, husnul khatim. You could have all these other experiences. Everything could happen. You could whatever." And if you don't have husn al khatim, it's not good. Hmm. So you want, you, you know, the, these are the things, these are the priorities that we ask for. And we want, we want to be ready to face Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So the younger you are, and if, you, if you're young and you set out on a path, that's what you should be aiming for, and knowing that the world is passing, the world is 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 temporary, and unfortunately, nowadays people, Muslims, have completely embraced the world. They they they're even you know sort of their education is is that the world is more important than the next world, the next you know. And it's, it's mad. I once asked Mustafa, Dr. Mustafa, as a psychiatrist, I said, what, what is the principal cause of madness, of insanity? He doesn't remember me asking this. This was years ago. And he, he said, denial of death. And I thought, wow, you know, I didn't expect that. But in fact, you think about it it is the most insane thing to deny because it's the only thing we absolutely know that's going to happen and you know and people are going along and um, not not uh, not just non-muslims muslims are going along as if the world is going to last forever and they're working you know working and Mm -hmm. falling into the same trap that everybody else is falling into just joining a rat race to be you know to be affluent and famous and comfortable and everything we all we're all part of the same thing uh, you know it's 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 very difficult we can and these places where that we write about that like uh, mm -hmm. in Mauritania and 
in the deserts of Morocco and different places where we've experienced something amazing, they're all disappearing. I mean, they're not, we can't pretend that these, you know, that there's some sort of Shangri-La in the desert. You know, it's it's not like that. And and we're we're not, uh, we're not living in utopia, you know, this is the real world. And there's always been trouble and difficulty and we have to deal with it as we approach the moment that we pass into the next world and then then we, we want to have the, the best the best thing so and and it's just you know i'm rambling on a little bit but um i had somebody uh, the other day i was in, uh, in i had to go into Istanbul. i don't i don't go into the city very much because i had to get something with the you know my phone broke or something and i had to get another phone. So I was in this posh uh, uh, shopping mall and uh, one of the, uh, somebody I'd met, I think in a gathering, he he wanted to visit me and I thought, well, it'd be easier for him if he just met me in this mall. And he came and he was like very, uh, I didn't even see him, he came and he couldn't find me or something. And he said, no, I, I, I don't like this. I shouldn't be in this mall. And, you know, this is not the right setting. I think he expected some sort of an Ottoman, glamorous, romantic, you know, I don't know, a coffee shop, cafe or something like that. And I was in this, the Apple store, right? And he left. He didn't even come to say hello or anything, which I thought was a little strange. But the, unfortunately, the young, young man, he, he really misunderstood. He, he could, he, there was, there's a great benefit in being in, in a place like that. And uh, if you, there's a, there's a dhikr that the, this is in Sahih Hadith, Rasulullah said, when you're in the bazaar and you say, La ilaha illallah, wahdahu la sharika la, if you say that in the bazaar, Allah erases one million wrong actions and writes one million good actions and builds you a palace in paradise. Hmm. So um, when I was living in Dubai, I used to go to Dubai Mall, which is like supposedly the biggest mall in the world. And I'd walk around and you're supposed to say it out loud. Well, these malls are great for that because nobody pays any attention to anyone else. It's very noisy and you can shout at the top of your lungs thicker and nobody cares. And I used to go and walk around and do that thicker, you know. So here's this young guy, he got so nervous, but really, you know, he had an opportunity to, you know, wipe out a million wrong actions, you know. <laughs> uh, so, the, the, you know, life is, the path is something that's, uh, it's, it's not, it's not, the, it's not as cut and dried as that. We're living in the, in the real world. Allah is generous, and even we have so many dispensations, so many things that we can do. Um, 
to offset the fact that we're living in this horrendously distracting place, you know, world and everything. Alhamdulillah. Sidi, uh, I just want to ask a closing question. I think I've taken a lot of your time um, for this sohbet. So one thing I wanted to ask is from the amazing 40 men you've mentioned in Signs of the Horizons, if you could meet one of them now, any one of them, who would you choose and why? Uh, well, that's that's a trick question. That's 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 not a fair question. Um, yeah, I, I'll tell you the the one that I would I would love to spend more time with was Mule Abu Qasim, who was the first the first person that I recognized as as a wali. I mean, he was the most luminous person I'd ever I've ever you know I can. I nearly fainted when I when I saw him. And actually, my friend Shakir Mas, Masood, who's the wonderful fakir, uh, uh, he had the same experience with him. And he was lucky because he, he was able to travel more with him. So, I mean, off the top of my head, I mean, I wish I could see all of them. I miss, I miss all. Oh, I miss Sidi Ali, for example. I miss Muli Hashim for, very much. Um, um, Habib Ahmed, and I, I more than anyone is to say Omar Abdullah, but I spent so much time with him, uh, and I was just with his great granddaughter two days ago, and she was a remarkable young woman, and uh, I'm in touch with his family, his daughter, his surviving daughter, and um, yeah, but I think I think you know just off the my first reaction would be I would love to be able to, to sit with um, Muli Abu Qasim more. He because he was just he was just like he was like so luminous and so his his he was almost he was the most otherworldly uh, person I've ever I've ever met. You know, I mean, everyone they all have very different qualities. All these uh, these people, but he was just incredible. So yeah, you know, that that would be that that would I suppose be the. But then you know, if you open open it up, I'd like to see every one of them and and ask them to forgive me for my bad manners and and uh, yeah. you know um, uh, ignorance and all of that. Mm. Uh, yeah, I'm so so. Uh, but uh, it's it, like Dr. Mustafa said: it's not about people. Mm. It's it's about Allah. You know, uh, the, these people, and it's uh, the love of the Prophet. We have to instill that in the heart, and and uh, and because they're all just. Uh, Drops of, of, of compared to the prophet's ocean, mm. and uh, you know, it's it's just it's it's really not it's not about people, but we need them. We need the, their help. We need their guidance, and, and mm. you know, it's it's mashallah. Anyway, I just ask Allah to to guide you and all the people that are listening and, and guide us all, 
Thank you for letting me think about these things. Instead of some of the nonsense I'm getting involved in. No, no. I, you know, I just want to say I had questions and um, alhamdulillah, I had a few questions, but you've answered all of them uh, as as you were speaking. So I was thinking of love. I thought, well, my next question would be about love. And yeah. bang on, you, you then spoke about love. Uh, so it's almost everything I was thinking you 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 picked up and mashallah addressed. Well, that's great, and and just it's what we want to do is we use these tools that we have, like you know the media tools, mm. and just try to you know let people give let people in on on. Uh, ways of living you know that brings some sort of happiness and fulfillment and protect protect us all from the really horrible things that are going on with young people today mm. so many young people mm. I, I'm, I'm concerned but uh, I'm also very hopeful because I meet a lot of you know, I'm reclusive you know, I'm here in uh, Istanbul, and I'm in a I'm I'm a little bit, you know, sort of uh, secluded uh, from. I'm far from the center of town, mm. and from where most people live, and yet I have more visitors here than I ever had in Dubai, and uh, in when I was living in Mecca, I thought oh, everybody's going to come to visit me. Nobody wanted to come to my. A home or anything in Mecca because they just wanted to be in the harem mm. and completely. But here, uh, there's so many uh, people that I, I, I really am impressed with. The, 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 there's a whole sort of subculture of young people who are very sincere and and learning and bringing some wonderful things to, to their immediate communities and. Um, so I think we, we're, we're we're still we still have a lot to hope for and, and to look forward to, inshallah. Inshallah. And Sidi, just finally, uh, for somebody seeking a path and seeking a sh shake, uh, and not as you mentioned earlier, you had that connection and you knew who Habib Ali and uh, Sidi Umar would were your shiuk. So if, if somebody in today's time is seeking a shaykh and a path, what advice do you have for them? Well, I mean, I think we covered a lot of that. Is, is establish yourself in the Sharia, first of all, mm. um, and uh, uh, visit these people without necessarily making a commitment. I mean, the other thing is that people are always talking about baya and baya, and I took baya, mm. and I, you know, this I allegiance with these and this is something that was not given easily to people mm. you know uh in in north africa you know some, some people would come ask for baya and almost invariably they'd be they'd be rejected they'd say no get it from someone else mm. until and part of it is to to test their sincerity are they really yeah. sincere are they really and the, there, there's very little of, of this thing of taking by and taking by. 
uh, it's not done like in the Ba'adawi. Uh, the, there's no, no, not really that that concept. Uh, I mean, mm. I did this with Habib Ahmed because of Sayyid Omar. I mean, the, the, it, it just it is what it is. So if you're sitting with someone, um, uh, when Muli Hashim passed away, I went to um, my sheikh now, and I said, I want, I, want, I want to strengthen my connection with you. He said, we're already connected, you know. That's it, you know. And uh, so it's, it's the, the, this, this connection. You, you, there are people, you look for them, you, 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 you look at their followers, are their followers, you know, are they on the right path? Hmm. And um, relax into it and uh, to look for some, someone who can who can give you what you need at, at a given time in other words someone who it's not somebody who's like famous or has a bazillion dis disciples or mm. that, you know has people all over the world somebody that you could somehow connect with mm. and and uh uh, at any given time in your life, it may be someone else, and they have to be alive, mm. not being in some sort of museum-like Sufi order that doesn't really have anybody, you know, leading it. It's just people, you know, going through the motions. Mm. You need somebody like so. I I can't say it's this or that because mm. everybody has their own path to their the their teacher and that it could be it could be a very simple person who teaches you uh, something about the quran or mm. hadith or uh, or or it could be someone who's i mean uh, I, these people like with when i was with muli hashim mm. i was working in dubai and i would fly over the weekend to see i would spend two or three days with him and then I'd fly back. You know, it isn't that you have to be with somebody day and night all the time. It's you need to be connected. You know, there's a saying, he who is connected to the one who is connected is connected. And he who is connected to the one who is not connected is not connected. Mm. So you need to be so connected to someone who is connected to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Rasulullah and And... Uh, I, it's 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 because Allah is present within you. Uh, there's no distance. There's proximity. Ask Allah. And then, inshallah, something will happen. And maybe you'll be in the wrong company for a while, and you learn from that. As soon as you learn that it's the wrong company, you walk you walk away. Instead of wanting to jump out of a building or something, you know, and some people become traumatized by that. You only become traumatized if you're with someone who's not real. You're traumatized if you don't follow, if you follow them down the wrong path and know that you're doing it, you know. You know, this is the thing when people get in, it's like, yeah, but he's the sheikh. He told me to do this, you know. And if you know if you know the Sharia and he's telling you to do something <clears throat> wrong, then that's your fault. That's on you. All you mm -hmm. have to do is say, Masalama, and walk away. 
Mm. And then you learn something. Mm. That's part of life. So it's just mm. keep all those things in mind and may and make dua and if if you if i if if i can if this happened to me it could happen to anybody because <laughs> i was just you know like a, a, an idiot you know i i had a certain yearning but that was it you know i wasn't scholarly i, I hadn't read the quran read a little bits and pieces of the quran really didn't you know know anything so it's 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 uh, it's like that and you will find, inshallah, the right person. And it doesn't have to be the most spectacular person. It's a person that can, can teach you uh, and can keep you on the right, on the right way and support you. And I, beyond that, I, I can't say, I can't say go here or go there. Mm. It, it's, it's, it's completely different for every individual. Mm. So, thank you so much, Sidi. All right. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam.